Welcome in to the Lions Den. I'm Tom Hackett, that's Spencer Warren, and uh, we've got a pretty exciting show for you, I must admit. RSL beat the Portland Timbers to the tune of 2-1, 86-minute game winner from Jefferson Savarino to knock off um, Portland and uh, take it through to the, the conference semifinals where, boy, short turnaround, just four days, mm-hmm. they'll head up to Seattle. Take on the number two seeded Seattle Sounders at Century Link Field this Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Fox Sports 1 has the kicks. Benno, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm still buzzing. I'm still cold from, from Saturday night, to be honest with you, but I'm still buzzing as well. Um, that was the loudest I've heard Rio Tinto Stadium, Tom, in, I would say, a couple of seasons. What are you talking about? When that Savarino goal went in, the noise it was, was half deafening. Full. It was half full. 17,000 just over, and they made some proper Is that what noise. they claimed? Well, that wasn't included in the season tickets, so this was all fresh buys. So that was at lunchtime. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they were just over 17,000 so, at lunchtime. That was from Matt Gash. Um, but again, Matt two, Gash, two right. uh, three college games in-state going on, Yes, plus the weather. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. But it was loud, as loud as I've heard it in, in a couple of seasons. Absolutely. Right. I, I wasn't able to get them. And we talked about this last week, so we didn't need to harp on it. I was freezing my tail off. But I got home and was able to catch the final 40, uh, more like 35-odd minutes of the game. So I missed the, the equaliser from Portland in the 47th minute. And then I probably started watching about 55 minutes into the game. So... um. It was really cold. It like it was proper snowing. There was snow coming down mm-hmm. from the sky. Yeah, Spenno. yeah. And it was cold. It like, really, really was, and it didn't look full. It it didn't. No, it wasn't full. Absolutely not. It looked like there were, like honestly, on the television, and I wasn't there, but on the television, it looked half empty. Uh, people may have left. A good travelling support from the uh, from the Timbers Army as well. To be honest with you, up in that, uh, yeah. that upper stand, they did very well. They always travel well. To be honest with you, along with uh, LAFC, LAFC, Seattle do very well as well. I think LA Galaxy are, are okay as well. But um, anyway, I mean, I digress. Um, it wasn't full. Um, I think everybody knew it wasn't going to be full. You know, the, the problems that we were coming into that we talked about in the last podcast, three college uh, football games at home around the state. There might have even been more, you know, because Southern Utah and, and uh, Weber State. Sorry uh, for not knowing the football schedule, guys, if you're fans of those college teams. Uh, but at the same time, it was freezing cold and uh, miserable conditions. And um, everyone came out that was at, well, was out there was in full voice from minute one and I mean from minute one it was a different type of vibe um, around the stadium and it was awesome and it it felt like particularly when first 45 minutes we can get back to to the first 45 minutes which we were fantastic as good as I've seen Real Salt Lake play in uh, this season Um, it was the reaction after the poor you know coming out of halftime being slow out of the blocks and, uh, you know, conceding a goal, they, they make it 1-1 through Darren Espria. And uh, the reaction of the guys, it was tough. It was a tough old slog. It was a proper playoff, blood, guts, thunder, you know, just trying to, to find any inch to, to, to get yourself ahead. I've got to give a tip to the cap, and we were talking about this before we started recording, uh, Tom, a tip of the cap to, to Freddie Juarez and his two his double substitution. In the, uh, I think it was the 77th minute. It was. Um, 
they were they were super, superb. Sam Johnson, uh, sorry, Corey Baird and Demir Krelik run, run themselves into the ground. Cor, um, Joel Plata and Sam Johnson came on, and it was fresh and it was quicker and and there was a lot of fear in that back line. Joel, um, whether he's going to be here or not at the end of the season, I don't know for for twenty twenty. But he's definitely going to try and make his mark before he goes out. Obviously, it was his ball that led to the uh, Savarino goal. But as soon as he came on, his first touch, he was absolutely crisp and, and 100% up for this. Definitely looking for the start up in Seattle. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I wrote a piece about this exact moment when Freddy Juarez pulled the trigger on Joao Plata and Sam Johnson 77 minutes into the game. You can check that out at kslsports.com. Uh, but I certainly agree, Spino. I think that... That was the defining factor. I thought Freddy Juarez was the game winner. His uh, his managerial skills. Now we were talking about this as well. I think you were the one that mentioned it. It could it, the change could have happened five or ten minutes earlier than mm-hmm. what it did. And yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I was watching that game from the comfort of my own couch uh, after I spent yes. uh, a number of minutes in a warm, steamy shower, <laughs> and uh, very pleasant was I. But uh, but I was very I, I thought watching the game like something had to change from about sixty five minutes to uh, seventy seven odd minutes because man they were just under the pump being bombarded by by Portland I think what the change did right was Corey Baird's got some speed but he he, he was rather tired at that point in, in the game and to me crying like he he's not somebody that thre- that threatens opposing defenses. On counter attacks, he, uh-uh. he like he just doesn't. He's he's somebody that wins the ball in the air. He plays with his back to the goal. He can kind of feed and dish from the number nine position. But but he's not somebody that's going to break the lines. Uh, Sam Johnson is. So mm-hmm. so Portland had so much of the ball, and and they had so much of the ball in RSL's half that when Sam Johnson and Joel Plata came on, it all of a sudden changed the dynamic of the contest because when Demir Krylak and Corey Baird were on. Portland didn't have to worry about turning the ball over and getting beat quickly down the other end. But when Platter and Johnson came on, Spenno, they all of a sudden had to worry about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that changed so many different aspects of the game. It was one of the reasons uh, Real Salt Lake were able to get get the victory because Portland were all of a sudden a bit more cautious with the ball. They weren't... They weren't as dominating and demanding going forward. They had, to, they had to be concerned because of the speed of Joel Platter and Sam Johnson as kind of a one-two strike punch at, uh, at the top for RSL. I just thought that change from Freddie was brilliant. And I think what, what an, what, what, what an honour it is for Freddie to, to be able to have that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we look at seasons past, you know, yeah. under... Uh, you know, towards the end of Jeff Kassar's uh, tenure, and and obviously throughout most of uh, Mike Pecky's um, uh, head coaching um, stand, you know, it it wasn't. Um, we didn't always have that. Like we've had some good plays, we've had parts. We didn't have the finished article, so to speak. Um, Sam Johnson's arrival, the fact that you have Joao Plata, Corey Baird that's coming to his own, Demir Krylak. Albert Rusnak, and you, th- you throw in Brooks Lennon, both of Salcedo as Everton well. Louise. I'm talking more about the attacking players, oh, right. the, the, the the depth that we have now, um, and the competition for places. I think the standard has gone up a little bit. I don't think we've scored as many goals as we could have. Um, I think we've been overly cautious at times um, throughout the season. But really, this this team is, I, I still think we're, we're just a couple of pieces away from being regular 
top two, top three in the Western Conference. And that hasn't always been the case. It was super close this season. We get we finished third, which was absolutely fantastic after the things that have happened off the field, um, you know, and, and your slow start to the season-ish again. Um, but, you know, I, I just think there's there's really good things. If it's Freddie at the helm, he's got really good pieces in place. He wants to add a couple more pieces, obviously one of them being your goalkeeper, who... Has to be said, roll back the years, Nick Romando, uh, with with a couple of saves there. Um, he ended with three saves on the night. Yeah, so. uh, one of them, you know, rivals um, Steve Clark's from Aaron Herrera as well. Uh, to be <laughs> honest with you, I mean, it, both of them were just standing on their heads. To be honest with you, with some of the saves they were pulling off. Again, a completely different vibe from regular Major League Soccer to playoff soccer. A one and done. You, you your season's done. You've got to win. If 90 minutes rolls around and you're losing, that's it. There's no other game. There's no return leg, so to speak. Um, so I just thought it was awesome. I thought the whole weekend, to be honest with you, of soccer, of Major League Soccer and playoffs was awesome. And you saw that. You saw that the 5-1 between Toronto and um, DC United, which was 1-1 late in injury time. Uh, equalizer from DC United and then <laughs> Toronto turn it on in the first half of, of extra time. Seattle and FC Dallas... Some of the craziest soccer you'll ever see. Again, I put that down to Major League Soccer. And on the Sunday, I mean, the two games on Sunday, obviously the, the Philadelphia and uh, Red Bulls game will, will uh, stand out. That was nuts as well. But The, the, the Union, that was their first playoff yeah. win ever in the history of the club. Yeah. So congratulations to the Jim Curtin has done an absolute... This is, uh, we can talk about other clubs all, all day long as well, but Jim Curtin was booed by his... Own fans a couple uh, last season, and he's turned that organization around. I mean, they've they were decent last season, did really well in in the Eastern Conference this season. I mean, they were a top for a minute there. They were, and and they stayed near the top. I mean, I think they're the number three seed. I want to say number three, maybe second. I can't remember. Um, anyway, it's irrelevant. It is now. I mean, but the fact, I mean, these games, and then Minnesota and, and LA Galaxy, that was another mental game. It really was all the goals coming late. Um, you know, it really was, you know, just everybody just fighting for every inch and, and every ball possible. It was the most exciting time that I've had watching Major League Soccer this season. Um, I'm all for pro relegation. I think we both are. I think a lot of fans are, to be honest with you. I love promotion and relegation and the playoffs that, that happen with promotion as well. Um, but the the slight difference that you know that we get to watch. I've got my own league. I watch my team. I love my league. But this 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 is fun because it's a different it's a different pace. And uh, when it comes to to playoff time, I, I'm I freaking love it. I do. I love it. You've lived in America for too long, then, Spino. I probably have. It's I mean, the most American thing. I I think I've ever seen in oh, the world. Hundred percent, hundred percent, it is. But listen, when I watch soccer, I watch English, I watch German, I watch Italian, I watch Spanish, I watch French, I watch Dutch, I watch Portuguese, I watch everything. I know I know what it's about, right? Mm. And then I go and I'll watch, you know, Brazilian, Argentinian, and, and Mexican soccer, and have the Closera and Apertura, you know, the season split right. two type of thing. I love that because it's a different vibe as well. And then Major League Soccer has the playoffs and Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals. It's just just a little tweak on... It's the same game, but slightly tweaked. Yep. I, I'm, I'm all for the variety of life. It is different, and, uh, and it does bring... It does bring different elements out. And uh, oh, I, do, I will agree that 
although it may be the most American thing maybe I've ever seen since living here, um, it, it does make for entertainment. And, 100%. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's all this game is all about, is entertaining and trying to put butts in seats and fill stadiums up and go buy yourself a hot dog while you're there because you're enjoying the experience <laughs> and uh, you forgot about the $200 meal you had the night before. So uh, Real Salt Lake have done a tremendous job getting them through to the uh, the conference semi-final. Okay, so Spenno. Yes. After the victory, the 2-1 win against Portland, do you do you need to see more from Freddie? Because I think he won that game. So like, so what he did in the seventy seventh minute to to end up giving RSL the points, in my opinion, like that's good enough for like two wins almost. Because it wasn't the players that won that game. It, I think Freddie had just as much to do as the players did, which doesn't happen often. Has Freddie done enough, or do you need to see him get a result in Seattle this Wednesday? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Seattle now. I'm looking on the road. I'm looking on the road. I was I was expecting, and I said, and we both said that we thought Real Salt Lake would, would put Portland to the sword um, last week. Yes. Um, Did you call it, by the way? I, th- I think I said 2-1. I can't remember now. <laughs> 2-0 or 2-1. You, you went big. You went 3-2. I remember yours. Yeah, I went 3-2. Yeah, I, and it really could have been. you went 2-1. But um, I think... I think we need to see what, what Freddie can do on the road. I think he's he steered the ship um, of Real Salt Lake. Again, what's happened this season off the field, uh, more more so. And the fact that he's been able to keep these boys um, focused and, and we're in the playoffs and we finished third and we got home field advantage and we won that game and now we're on the road against Seattle uh, in the semifinals of the Western Conference playoffs for 2019. Um, if he gets a result up in Seattle, I think there's no question that he has done enough to be given a shot. Um, short leash, maybe, absolutely. But I, I still think RSL will do their due dil- diligence. Um, uh, there's there's plenty more. Um, there's tons of coaches around here that would kill to, to have an opportunity that probably have better pedigree as a head coach than Freddie Juarez. But we have to remember the same. The same on the flip side of it all, RSL is a place, and has always been a place to give a coach or a player a platform to improve themselves. You look at the academy, and the players are given massive amount of minutes to prove themselves as major league, young major league soccer players. You look at the coaches. Jason Christ was still playing for Real Salt Lake when he was announced as head coach, and it took him a while to figure it out, or half a season, or a season, you know, a season and a half, or whatever. Uh, and look what happened. We had a couple of championship runs. We had Champions League football regularly um, and got to a Champions League final. Um, Jeff Kassar, again, didn't go as well. Lost a U.S. Open Cup final here um, against D.C. United. But again, um, was given an opportunity to, to prove himself as a coach and work on his badges and things like that. Same thing with Mike Pecky. Had, you know... A tumultuous end to his his reign in in New York for Red Bulls. Um, hadn't been given a job. Was given an opportunity with the Monarchs, and then very quickly was given an opportunity with Real Salt Lake. Did okay, um, and I think the same will happen with Freddie Juarez. And and yes, that might be the cheaper option. It might be the cheaper it option. Is the cheaper option? It, it nine times out of ten, where I would say oh, it, it's going to be the cheaper option uh, for Real Salt Lake. But at the same time, the results um, and the style that we're playing. Um, you know, gives me a bit of hope. If there's a better option, I 100% 
say the RSL has to go for the better option with a better pedigree. But there, if there isn't, if there isn't somebody that's willing to come to Salt Lake, a small market team, or come over to the United States, because there's maybe a couple of coaches over here that are out of work that, that I would definitely consider, or a, a few coaches down uh, south of the border, you know, in, in Central America, you know, Mexico or, or South America that, that you'd want. But do they want to come here? Freddie's been here. He knows the academy. He knows these young players. Um if 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 it's not the right feel, if people aren't making the right noises, then I would 100% uh, stick with Freddie because he gets it. He understands the city, he understands the market, and he's got his own ideas. And uh, you saw them slightly implemented uh, when he took over. And I, mean, I would expect him to kick on a little bit more uh, with a full preseason, some added players to the squad um, um, for, for 2020. I'm looking at some of the numbers. By the way, back to quickly with Freddie Juarez. Spenno, if Freddie doesn't get the job mm. and they go, they look out and, and, mm-hmm. and bring someone else, is it, is it fair to assume that Freddie's probably not going to s- maintain his spot on the roster as, a, as an assistant? He's probably going to say, well, you know what? Mm. I think what I've done, because I think he's got a case already. Now, whether or not DLH sees, uh, sees similar things, I, I don't know, but... But he's probably thinking, I've got, a, I've got a good case already for me to go out and try and get a head coaching job elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. If he doesn't get the job, then, then I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's his own man. Um, when you speak to him, um, he's got his own ideas. There's, there's, there's um, drive behind him, uh, ambition. Uh, and why wouldn't you? Once you've had it, he's had a taste of being head coach of the Monarchs, right? Um, and now he's interim head coach of Real Salt Lake. It's been a natural progression for him. Um, when you looked, even under Mike Pecky, when you looked on the sideline, yes, Mike Pecky was shouting and gesturing, but it was Freddie that was informing players of instructions, what needed to be done tactically. Um, and and I, I think that, that that's, that's where um, he'll look at things. I've had the reins now. I need to be a head coach. Whether that's dropping back to USL, um, I don't know. But I, I think he'll be looking for, for an opportunity to, to be a head coach if he's not given the reins at Real Salt Lake. And rightly so. And rightly so. How right. can you go back? I mean, you look at um, Conor Casey over in, in um, uh, Colorado. Was interim for most of the season. Did a pretty good job of steadying that ship after a horrendous start of the season under Anthony Hudson. Um, Robin Fraser, former RSL assistant coach, comes over, takes over, is doing did an amazing job for the last four, five. Nearly made the games. playoffs for crying exactly. out loud, despite yeah. having the worst MLS start in MLS history. History, yeah, no. So, I mean, Robin Fraser, you know, just it, it, again, that's another conversation that we could have. But Connor Casey, boom, done. Okay, I'm not being given the head head coaching role, and uh, I'll, I'll see you later. And I think he's done enough to to win a gig somewhere we, again. Whether that's USL uh, to work his way back up. Um, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that Freddie has, has got something about him. Um, again, it wasn't just soccer that we're talking about. Even though players and coaching staff just want to talk about soccer, uh, soccer, uh, there was other things that were going off uh, on the, off the field. Uh, and I think the way that he's conducted himself, the way the players have conducted themselves, uh, and been completely focused. Uh, has been awesome and, yeah. and a testament to him. No, I'd agree. I think Freddie's done a sensational job. I think the way in which they've played has been, since he's taken over, has been fun to watch. It's clearly uh, a more possession-based team and um, they keep the ball on the ground more so than they did against, uh, oh, sorry, not against, but with Mike Petke. 
Um, and I think the results have, have shown. This, by the way, is the second year in a row that RSL have made it to the conference semi-finals, which is really crazy to think about because there have been so there has been so much turmoil in the club over the past two seasons. Um, that they've been able, the, the the players have been able to overcome it and uh, put together a couple of decent seasons in which, uh, well, last year they got knocked out, of course, by Sporting Kansas City in the conference semifinals. This year, the format has now changed. The MLS playoff format has changed. It's single elimination all the way through. So Love it's it. one and done, essentially. We'll see how... RSL do up there in the Pacific Northwest this Wednesday evening, 8 o'clock kickoff. We have to take our one and lonely time out. We'll come back. We'll continue to talk about the achievements for RSL, what to expect against Seattle. There have been some new additions to the league as well. Worth talking about. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's the Lions Den. Boy, geez, RSL's winning in the playoffs and we're changing things up round here, which maybe is a bad thing now that I think of it. Oh, it's gorgeous, though. God bless the USA. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the G word, but it's the name of the song, so. Sorry if I offended anybody there. I know, I, I, look, I just, my filter is really, really good, Spinner. Ooh. By the way, speaking of which, congratulations to our good friend, Mitch Rodriguez. Yes, yes Mitch, he's, a, he's my first uh, Ameri- uh, Dutch. He's my first Ameri Dutch person that he I know. Ju- yeah, he ju- so he, uh, he's on the RSL show, he's part of the RSL show, so if you're familiar with them, I'm sure you know that stupid voice you hear, the, the Dutch-American voice, that's him, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a proper idiot, but um, we love him. And uh, he just got his American citizenship. Yeah, he's fine. Over the weekend. I saw a picture of him waving in the, uh, the Stars and Stripes. So yeah. I'm very proud of right, him. He got dressed up in a suit and the red, white, and blue. And I think the Statue of Liberty was painted in the background of the photo he put up on the old social media railway. So congratulations in all seriousness to the, to the Dutch American himself. Exactly. Maybe one day, Spenno. Hey, do you have a citizenship here? Permanent resident. Permanent residency. Yeah. So no citizenship. No, I haven't. I haven't thought about it really. No. Like the point of right. it yet. See, with 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 Mitch, Mitch, Mitch will tell you. So we'll, we'll talk off air. But th- there was a good reason behind it. Oh, okay. Not that he was getting chucked out or anything. Nothing like that. No. They wouldn't do that to you around here anyway. No, no, no. Especially him. Right. Minority. Right. No, I I, I get it. So. But anyway. congratulations to Mitch and uh, G bless the USA. There you go. That's one way of saying it. God bless it, America. Oh, Absolutely. okay. You said it. Hey, it's just the name think, of the song. I know, but we work for KSL and you've know, <laughs> got, got to be careful. Because like, here, here's the thing. Like, quickly, you know, my, my in-laws are quite stout LDS members mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the church. And uh, I don't say that around, around their house. I don't say it. I won't say the G word. But what's funny is... Um, you walk in and say, God bless this house. Yeah. No, I don't even go there. But um, anytime <laughs> my mum's in town, she just spits it out like there's no tomorrow. And what's funny is I'm like, I'm like you know, because like, one of the first times mum came to Salt Lake City, I, I took her to the temple. 
just to see the grounds and uh-huh. all that because it's yeah it's beautiful absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, especially depending on the time of year you go you know the flower beds are out in full force and it's really pretty and it's right in the middle of downtown so if you're downtown you take them up there and walk around and I, I said to her I said mum just you know just let's not um let's not start scream you know oh my god word because she says it a lot yeah uh, she's not religious and she must have said it like every thirty seconds. <laughs> You know, there's that gold statue on the top of the church or the temple. and Anyway, that's a story for another time. But That'll be uh... Ramoni, as my 10-year-old used to call him when he was about three or four. Moroni, but he used to call him Ramoni. Very nice. Yeah, um, awesome. Carry on. Very pretty. Um, but, yeah, no, big shout-out to Louisa, Louise Hackett there and uh, Mitch Rodriguez. Love you, Mum. And, and, uh, oh, and love you, Mitch. Yes, love you, Mitch, as well. So, um, RSL, Spenner. Yeah, let's, let's go back to soccer. See, we need another Got podcast talking about life. Yes, and, and then, then we'll be fine. And yes, we, could we do. We can play all thoughts. sorts of music. And, exactly. And any time Trevor's on, play the laugh button. And uh, <laughs> anyway. Good old Trev. Um, all right. So plenty, plenty going on around Major League Soccer. Well, talk to us, Spinner. All right. So Federico Higuain, Gonzalo Higuain's older brother, is out at uh, Columbus Crew. Um as in not having his contract renewed, door is open for him to come back in the future, whether that's a coaching role, academy, whatever. Um, they want to keep him sweet because he's he was fantastic over in uh, Columbus. At 34, coming off an ACL injury, um, I wouldn't say his career is over. but they're Certainly probably, by the tail end. Definitely at the tail end, probably looking to uh, allocate the funds, the DP funds that he was on um, in other areas to try and improve after a, a disappointing first season. Oh, they Caleb collapsed. Porter. Yeah, terrible. They collapsed. Um, so Greg Berhalter leaves, does a very good job there. And then Caleb Porter, who was over at the Timbers, comes over. And it just it just didn't work out as well as uh, Caleb would have liked. But again... Uh, they need to get a little bit younger, a little bit faster, and I think they'll they'll bounce back and be there or thereabouts when it comes to the playoffs. A lot of question marks over in the Eastern Conference, to be honest with you. Um, less so in the Western Conference. A couple of head coaches will have to be hired, absolutely. But, um, yeah, um, congratulations to Sacramento, Northern California, getting a Major League Soccer team. Yes, they already have a USL team, do very well, very good crowds. Around, I think they average around 14,000. Uh, in the USL up in Sacramento, but there they are, 29th team to join Major League Soccer. They'll be joining in 2022. Just remarkable. Um, that's where Mark Briggs is over right now. He is. Uh, former Monarchs coach. He's over at the, uh, I think he's a director of the academy or something like that. Anyway, um, very happy for, for Sacramento and um, I think they'll be a good addition, fan-wise, culture-wise. Um, First club in Northern California, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Northern North, yeah. Yeah, because you've got two LA clubs and that's it. San Jose. San Jose and, San Jose and North. They're North. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. North Central, I guess. North. They're like, they're like an hour from San Francisco is where San Jose exactly, is. Exactly, so yeah. They're North, I guess. So I was wrong. I apologize. I mean, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the uh, for the traffic, it would probably be like 20 minutes right. from... But San Jose, beautiful little town, beautiful little city. Um, and so it doesn't surprise me necessarily that Sacramento now have a team. They've, they're have they a big enough establishment, um, big enough city that warrants a major league. So, so that's the 29th club. Yes, yes. So the other teams that will be joining, um, you know, obviously next season, um, well, 2020, 
2021, 2022. You've got Austin, you've got Inter Miami, David Beckham, uh, Nashville, and then you have um, uh, Sacramento and, and St. Louis uh, as well, which is a great soccer town as well. Um, the only other one, obviously, Landon Donovan is involved in the USL team, San Diego. I would definitely expect San Diego yes. at some point. That is also a major and soccer Vegas. town. And Vegas. There's talks that Vegas might <sighs> eventually have one. But here's the thing, Spenno, is that, that Major League Soccer and Don Garber, they're not going to stop at 29 because oh, you, no. can't, you can't. You have to stop on an even number. Uh, to make life a lot easier from a scheduling standpoint and trying to figure out how many teams make the playoff and, and how many don't. I, I think that eventually, it, I think personally that it will stop at 36. 36? 18 in each conference. So it, it, it makes sense to me because the United States is a very, very large country. And so it, it makes sense that there would be... Pardon me, this many teams, right? When you look at the NBA, they've got 30. When you look at the NFL, they've got 32, uh, I believe. Um, And so they're kind of following in this trend, um, uh, our major league soccer. But when you look at other teams or other leagues around the the world, right? Mm -hmm. You were talking to me about this. The Premier League's got 20. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then a bunch of Spanish, uh, uh, Calcio A. I think Bundesliga has 18. Um... I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, Bundesliga has uh, 18 teams. And then um, I think, like, it's either 18 or 20 um, for La Liga and and Serie A. Uh, It's 20 in in La Liga and then Serie A. I'm doing this whilst uh, that's fine. Whilst, whilst wrong, I yeah. guess the point is it's around twenty, right? For a lot, a lot of these leagues, in as well, yeah, yeah, exactly. League so, one has yeah. around twenty. So, but 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 they're much smaller. They're much smaller countries, mm-hmm. and you know, like the United States is so much bigger than Spain or Italy or England or even Germany and France. And so, I get why Don Garbrun and Major League Soccer are continuing to add to what is already quite a formidable uh, league, right? Major League Soccer is starting to take flight, essentially, and uh, not necessarily compete with those European leagues, but um, but they're, make, they're making progress in closing that gap, I think. There's no doubt about it. So um, it's exciting if, you, if you're, if you're a, a soccer fan living in America, I think. I think it's exciting. I do think, though, that there will come a point in time where you just cannot add any more teams, right? 36 is so many, Mm -hmm. especially when you look at other leagues here, right? The NBA's got 30, the NFL's got 32. I mean, they are the two biggest leagues in in the country, and and, and Major League Soccer could well have more than them uh, moving forward over the coming years because they're not stopping at 29, right? So... Um, there's going to be a time and a place where Don Gabba says, right, enough's enough. We just simply cannot. Mm-hmm. We cannot add any more teams to this league. Um, and then what I'd love to see in, I don't know, maybe 20 years' time, maybe it'll be shorter, I'm not sure, is, is split it in half and say, right, the bottom, if you finish in the bottom half in the 2028 season, you'll go down to Division Two, And Ooh, uh, all, of a sudden, all of a sudden we've got this promotion relegation conversation um i think you can still have the playoffs in fact i think you can still have playoffs in both leagues you can have playoffs in division two you can have playoffs in of course uh major league soccer 
And uh, man, that would just really open up. Yeah, I mean, I mean even in, even in Europe, you still have the playoffs. It's usually the um, like the, the second cha- tier, right? The, so championship. the championship. So obviously, your top two go up automatically, and then there's four teams that below that'll fight out for the one are, more spot. They are so fun to watch those games. If you've ever the the, the championship playoff final so at Wembley fun. is a ninety million or you know one hundred and twenty million dollar game because. You get promoted to the Premier League. That's all that extra money. So it really is the pressure that, that those players are under. And it, it makes for some of the, the best soccer you'll ever see. And it also brings in a lot of money, as you as you mentioned, 90-odd, yeah. 90 100-odd 90 million, somewhere thereabouts. So that's really the bottom line when it comes to Major League Soccer and and Don Garber and, and his role at the helm is is bringing in money to, to support the year's to come, but um, I think one of the changes that needs to take place while we're here quickly is uh, these teams need to charter. It, it's just oh, 100%. They, they cannot continue to fly commercially. They, they can't do it. The, the country's so big that for Real Salt Lake, for example, to take it back to more of a local conversation, when they're going to the East Coast and they're traveling and they're on the road and they've got three games in a week and two of them are against the Red Bulls and uh, and uh, Montreal or, or someone, you know, um, or Philadelphia, whoever it may be, you've got to be able to charter because it just makes life that much easier. Mm-hmm. You get from your destination to uh, – you get from where you're leaving to your destination faster. You don't have to stick around and linger in airports and, and wait for planes to, to, to be delayed or whatnot. And I don't know. I just think – Chartering is, is is something that needs to take place during the off season, and um, own, own, if you own a major league soccer team, one of the requirements would be that you'd be willing to to either buy a plane or use a plane that you already have and and put the team on it, much like the NFL well, and the I, NBA I, does. Mister uh, Deloy Hansen offered to purchase the planes and uh, run them and and. Uh around major league soccer for major league soccer, and he was turned down. Yes. So uh, you know. That will change. It, it, At has, some point to it change. has to change. You know that Philadelphia Union have not used a charter flight this season, that's in 2019. Re- that's remarkable. Un- I mean, it's, it's it's 2019. Crazy. You want to be t- you want to be taken seriously, and you've got players like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, just Wayne Rooney, just sat at airports. And it's not. We're not just talking about flights. We're then just talking about the hanging around. It's it's mind-boggling. Philadelphia, by the way, uh, we were talking about this earlier. They were the uh, they started as the third seed in the playoffs. Yeah. they were the third best team yeah. in the Eastern Conference. So uh, great job, Jim Curtin. So there were six games last weekend, Spinner. There were six games. Obviously, LAFC and New York City Football Club had the first week bye. So um, so they're now playing this this upcoming week. But there were, of the six games that played in the first week, four of the higher seeded teams won. And there were essentially only two upsets, one from each conference. Um, Minnesota lost to the Galaxy. The number four seed Minnesota hosted the Galaxy. They were beaten 2-1. And then, um, pardon me, I'm wrong. Just that, that was just the, the only upset. I thought, for whatever reason... And that was an upset for me as well, because that back line and goalkeeper of, uh, of the Galaxy isn't good enough. But again, I think that uh, you saw not only the attacking prowess, the, the attacking players that they have in Jonathan DeSantos, Pavon, Christian Pavon, uh, Atunia, and, and uh, um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, but you saw the, the skill of uh, Guillermo Barascolotto. Uh, it was a one-off game. 
Uh, I think he's a wonderful coach, been, been a great addition. And I expect them, if they get the balance right um, for 2020, I expect them to be there or thereabouts again. But, uh, yeah, uh, Minnesota had a great season. Um, again, a massive turnaround for them. First um, time they'd ever made the playoffs Exactly, as well. yeah, under Adrian Heath, who was wearing a tie. He looked less like a used car salesman. Uh, I think he got a fresh haircut for the playoffs, and he was wearing a tie, so it wasn't his shirt. It just wasn't open and stuff like that. Um but yeah, no, I, th- I think they've had a really good season and a wonderful stadium, wonderful crowd. Very and, much. So. Uh, the, the pitch needs work. Yeah, and it will happen. It'll over time. It need, need, needs to are, bed in a little bit more. Yeah, those are. Let me get Dan Farns over there from right. uh, from uh, from RSL yeah. uh, grounds crew to to sort that out. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just an, an enjoyable experience watching all these games and. and Teams really going at it. It was fantastic. Really? Unlike the uh, Manchester United and, and Liverpool on Sunday morning, that was turgid, boring soccer. Both teams, one playing not to lose, one playing trying to win, and and well, both trying to win, but but one of them was off form. Liverpool were terrible, and, and Man United did uh, did a great job the way they were set up. But it was boring to watch. Anything uh, completely different compared to the uh, the playoffs this last weekend, right? Which leads us to some oh. predictions. Man, Seattle. hold your horses, Ooh. because I don't want to just do RSL Seattle. Okay. So we'll start in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Number one, New York City Football Club taking on the number four seeded Toronto. It's out there at City Field. Yes, not not uh... not Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's taking place tomorrow. It's a five o'clock Mountain Time kick. You can catch it on FS1. Spenno, your prediction. We're we giving scores. We're we just going to do win, win or loss. Uh, just win or loss. Uh, I think uh, Toronto. Interesting. I'm going to go with NYCFC. We'll go to uh, October 24th, which will be Thursday, eight o'clock Eastern Time kick, which means six o'clock Mountain Time. The number two seeded Atlanta taking on Philadelphia Union out there at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. You can catch that game on ESPN two. Spenno, who you got? Uh, Atlanta United. I agree with you. We'll move our way over towards the Western Conference. El Trafico. How about this? Oh my El gosh. Trafico in the conference semi-final bank of California Stadium. Again, Thursday night. It's a 8.30 mountain time kick. They've had some belter games. It's on ESPN, Spenner. Yeah, they've had some really good games this season. Number one LAFC. Off a bye, taking on Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the LA Galaxy. What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, this is this is probably the toughest one to call because it's a rivalry game. Yeah, and, so and you it, just like even though LA Galaxy are fifth, seeded fifth, they could they could easily come through and beat because they, how are LAFC going to respond coming off a bye that's another that's another conversation to be had maybe another time teams will either come off a bye looking a bit lackadaisical or they'll come out all guns blazing ready to go we don't know yeah the, the, and the regular season games and I know the form goes out of the way out of the, the window because obviously RSL lost two regular season games to Portland Timbers and put them to the sword uh, in the um, um, you know um, in the playoffs this this these these games have been phenomenal to watch during the, the regular season. Um, geez, I, I'm going to go Galaxy. Wow, I'm going to go Galaxy just because they got the wind in their sails a little bit. They weren't expected. I think they're the underdogs in, in Minnesota, and they've done very very well against LAFC this season. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Galaxy. Very Pulling cool. off the shock. That's, that's, I'm joining you, believe it or not. That's wow. what my gut tells me, is that the Galaxy are going to beat LAFC, which leads us to Seattle hosting Real Salt Lake at Century Link Field tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. FS1 is where you can catch it. Who you got? And I need a score. This one I need a score. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. I think there's going to be a few goals in it. I'm not going against RSL, not after that uh, that Portland Timbers win and the fact that the bench players made a true impact. I think there's more competition for places. They didn't play extra time at a time like uh, Seattle did. Um, 3-2 RSL. Oh, I had a feeling you'd say 3-2. I'm saying 2-1. Back-to-back 2-1 victories, RSL. So here's here, if what we're saying comes to fruition, Spenno, Yes. Then, because the Galaxy are, are a fifth seed, RSL's a third seed, and if it's Galaxy, RSL in the conference finals, Rio Tinto Stadium yes. will host. That's that's why I'm going with these. <laughs> these one of the reasons well, I am as well. I mean, well, LA Galaxy, they didn't lose to LAFC this season. They beat them 3-2 and they tied 3-3. So that's my reason more behind the Galaxy. But I'd love a, a Western Conference final. Can you imagine Rio Tinto Stadium? The noise. It would be so immense. Nick Romando would have yet another opportunity to yes. come back to where he has left his legacy and to continue that. Le- I mean, it, who knows what's going to happen with Kyle Beckman at the end of the year. This may well be. I think, you know what, it might, my, one of my hot predictions that I haven't talked about, kept it close to the chest, is that if RSL goes on a deep playoff run, meaning they make it to at least the conference finals, right? One game shy of the MLS Cup. I think Carl Beckman hangs the boots up. Wow. Like why, but like why wouldn't you if you were Kyle Beckman? One last deep playoff run. Gosh, imagine if they win. Imagine if they win it all. Because they can. I think if they can get past the conference, I think the conference finals game for RSL is, is harder than what they'll face in the MLS Cup, anybody from the East. Because I just think the Galaxy, despite being a fifth-seeded team, and of course LAFC and, and the season that they've had, they're, they're, they're undisputably the best team in Major League Soccer, are LAFC, oh, this 100%, season. 100%. Um, I, I just think RSL, if, they, if RSL can find a way to make it to the, comp, to the MLS Cup, I think, they've, I think they've won it before the game has even started. Wow. You heard it here first. Oh, Lion's Den. I'm excited. And uh, so, so should you be if you're out there look, tuning in. You've, you've made it this far. We appreciate that. Spenno, as always, it's been a pleasure. Um, short turnaround for RSL. Reminder, tomorrow, Wednesday, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Fox Sports 1 is where you can find the game. We will be back, win or lose, next week to talk about, well, either a conference finals matchup, which will take place, by the way, Tuesday, October 29th. So we'd, re- we'd be recording on a Monday. Yes. And, uh, and if they lose, we'll be, we'll be here talking about the loss and, and maybe what to come next season and, and all the changes that will be occurring during the off-season internally for RSL. Thank you, as always, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.